Hi everyone and welcome to the First Thing You Think Of podcast. I'm Olivia, the founder of La Casa de las Lenguas magazine, a bi-monthly magazine about languages and cultures. I'm Ellie, founder of travel brand One Globe 360 and within my travel brand One Globe 360, my message is to inspire people to travel and to take themselves outside of their comfort zones whilst doing so. In this podcast, we will challenge the very first things that come to mind when we think of different countries around the world. We want to make you question how and from where you develop your opinions on different countries and cultures and to ask yourself is that really a reliable source to base my opinion on or is there more to it? For many of us we don't have the luxury of traveling to all 195 countries in the world and forming our views from first-hand experiences. The only thing that is universal and can be accessed from all over the world is the media. When we conducted a survey we asked people where they think they develop their views and opinions of other countries from and everyone replied to the media. According to marketing profs, more than 2 million articles are published every day on the internet. And then there's the discussion, how many of these are positive? Can you think of any? When I looked on the BBC website earlier, I, there was three that like, just showed up instantly and they were all negative. There was one about girls being released by gunmen in Nigeria. Um, you know, obviously what was going on in Russia and stuff then in Afghanistan and it was really difficult to try to find any positive story that was about a foreign country. And I don't know about you, but unfortunately for me, I don't really find that surprising. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's such an interesting discussion, isn't it? The news in general and and just thinking about like, you know, the bad news, the positive news. I think something that's really interesting to talk about is the the coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, And just thinking about, you know, the, how, for example, the BBC News have have you know broadcasted the the impact, the the devastation, um, and you know for the majority it's been very negative, very I'd say quite depressing at times, um, sort of trying to show the severity of the situation. Um, but yeah, what do you think about about the pandemic and how it's been sort of shown in the media? I think it's difficult because obviously when they report the bad things those bad things do actually happen. And obviously coronavirus is very real and the media in that sense has a duty to report that to us. But then because it feels that all they do is report the negative stuff, I think subconsciously it just makes us believe that the good stuff doesn't exist and that in terms of coronavirus, it's never going to go away. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think it's finding that balance, isn't it, between educating and informing the public that actually this situation is really serious but also trying to maintain hope I guess hope for the public that actually things will get better or for example the vaccine program is going really well it's finding a balance between yeah not showing that the situation's over and that everyone can sort of go out and forget the rules because that's not the case um we need to obviously continue doing the you know following the rules and everything um but yeah that balance is so important and I think at times in my opinion the BBC has not found that balance. And I've watched the news when knowing that there are positives that are happening, but I've not seen them broadcasted. All I've seen is all the negative. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I've struggled at times with during the pandemic with that because you just feel no sense of hope when all you're seeing on the news is negative headline, upsetting headline, you know, something's gone wrong headline. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a balance and it is difficult to find that balance, I guess. And I mean, that's just how we feel. Obviously, coronavirus is something that has affected everyone and it's, it's obviously affected us here in the UK. But think of all those people who are in other countries, um, you know, that aren't as 
well off as us in, in everyday life you know they just see like maybe in our um media how badly they are represented and how a lot of people have bad views of them that is something that they don't just face during the pandemic but they face every single day uh you know that must be very difficult oh immensely immensely and you know I guess we only have a an understanding of sort of our news if that makes sense like I think in the UK mainly there's like UK news and like American news so you've got like CNN and Fox News that I know that you can get on like British TV. Um, in terms of like news from other countries, I guess we just don't really know how news is broadcasted elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I guess it's something to just educate ourselves more about and understand how news is broadcasted, you know, around the world. Yeah. But I mean, there's a statistic here, you know, 95% of headlines have been reported to have been like blown out of proportion. And that is, that's exactly what we've been saying about, um, you know, I guess the news in recent times, you know, does that surprise you? 95% of headlines have been reported to have been like blown out of proportion. Unfortunately, I'd say no. And when I say that, I also think, that, you know, obviously the media is a business. And when you're running a business, your main aim is to get people the media want people to read their articles and people aren't going to read articles that don't surprise them or shock yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's their aim. And if it means that they're going to have to post very negative articles, then that's what they're going to do. It's just, you know, there's an example that we've sort of talked about, which about is about sort of um, comparing car crashes and airplane crashes. And the, the coverage of an airplane crash, for example, is obviously it's in all the media it's like breaking news but then obviously you've got car crashes which haven't happened every single day and the likeliness of a of an airplane crash is so rare yet in the media I don't know what do you feel about that it sort of just shows that yeah the headlines and the media have a role to play in people's perceptions of risk of things like that well I think that's a very good example because I think that's a saying that everyone's been told at some point in their lives um and yeah I think that's not something that you really realize until someone tells you because when you just see the media I mean you only ever see like a car crash if it's really bad and that's not all the time Uh, but obviously as soon as there's an airplane crash it's on the news straight away and of course I would say I understand where that happens obviously it's a more sensational headline people are going to be more interested in it but that I think is is really damaging because it just gives us this illusion that we know what's going on, but we don't really. It's just what the news was. It's best for the news to put out there and best for their business. Do you think it makes people question their perception of risk and perception of like things like airplane crashes and stuff? And also, do you think it do you think it stops people traveling as much because they're fearful of of you know traveling in a plane, for example? Definitely. I think you'd have, if you asked people, you'd have more people who tell you that they're afraid to go on a plane than they're afraid to go in the car. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it just, the media in that sense, it just takes away our sense of reality sometimes because it's really scary because I think it just shows you that we really do re- rely on the media for all of our views and opinions and everything. And, and in a lot of ways, how we live our lives because the media allows us to kind of work out what's safe and what's not safe not just in terms of travel um in terms of this example but you know in terms of what 
what places we go to, what actions we do. You know, if there was a terrorist attack somewhere, like, you know, the ones in London, say if that happened today, now I know I'm not going to be going to get in my car and going to London because, well, the media has told me that London's not very safe. And of course that's true. Um, but obviously the problem arises as, you know, as we've spoken about, the media tends to sensationalise headlines. If they do that and we're too scared to go to this place or too scared to do these things, then obviously that, that causes a problem. And do you think overall, I'm just looking at another statistic that says approximately 90% of all media news is negative. Do you think that we live our lives too much based on our perceptions of things because of the media, because of what we see on the news? Do you think we live our lives in a different way because of it? I would say so. I think it because it really affects our opinions on things. I mean, in, again, in terms of the coronavirus, there's been a massive increase of, you know, racism towards Asian people. And, you know, if we took the media away, we wouldn't know a lot of things about the coronavirus. We probably wouldn't know as much as we do about China and where it came from or where it's supposed to have come from. If we took the media away and if we took that source away, then that source wouldn't be there to cause such discrimination and and racism against people so yeah and in terms of obviously like flipping it and thinking of the like positive news stories how do you feel when you read a positive news story because when I for example will look on BBC News and there's a positive news story it's almost as if it's like oh it's like a pleasant surprise that I'm actually seeing something in the news that's really positive do you feel the same is it almost like a, a shock because you're just so used to reading negative or sad or sort of yeah sort of situations yeah well when I was looking through the BBC news website the other night um I actually I saw that the more positive news stories weren't actually the ones that they were porting on and this had just happened but they were like the opinion-based ones where they were analyzing something and not just reporting something that had just gone on in a country which I thought was interesting it's almost as if when we first see a story, it's negative, And it's when we have time to sit down and analyse it that we actually see that there's some positives to take out of this story. It's so interesting, isn't it? And I think, you know, I, I definitely feel like I'm influenced by what I read. Um, and I try and keep a, an open mind with, with what I read. Um, and I feel like at times, you know, BBC News is, is really good and it is reliable in terms of giving you like factual information. Um, but I'm sure there are certain newspapers, magazines, other news channels that probably don't maintain as much, I don't know, authenticity that the BBC does in terms of like, it's reliable and it's, it's ha- we, the reputation of the BBC, I'd, I'd say in the, U- in the UK is, is, and also globally is very well respected. Um, but obviously there's lots of different types of media, if that makes sense. It's not just the news, yeah. it's scenes, it's, you know, it's all those different things. Um, it's such an interesting, I guess, topic to talk about isn't it and one that yeah. I've, I've sort of thought more about recently with our discussions you know I think I, I, I just live my life you know knowing that the media probably influence um, how I am and what I perceive things to be but I don't really I guess think about it you know I sort of just live my life as, as that's what it is um, it's not until you have yeah. discussions like this that you actually realize oh wow like I really thought about that because I read this or I I judged this situation because I read it as this, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. It wasn't until I started like researching this that I feel like when I now look at the news, I do have a different perspective. And I think before, you know, when we were talking about positive articles and how we respond to those. Now I see them and it, you know, statistics show that 
people don't have the same response to positive articles as they do to negative articles. People are more interested in negative ones than positive ones. And I think I was subconsciously the same. I would be more likely to click on a news story that was a lot more shocking than one that was positive and nice. I might just read the headline. If it was on Facebook, I might tart react to it or something. But I was unlikely to do any more with it. And I've actually, through researching this, I kind of now realise consciously that's what I do. And it's not, it's not a subconscious thing anymore. I know it's, it's like I was saying before, it's something that I guess I've thought about more recently because we've had these conversations. And it'd be really interesting, um, you know, for anyone listening to to send, you know, send you or, or myself a, a DM on, on Instagram um, and let us know your perceptions of, um, you know, the news and the media. Um, and it's something that I would definitely like to find out more sort of opinions of um yeah it's such an interesting thing to discuss you know even just here another example we've got of um a russian newspaper called the city reporter decided to publish only positive stories in their publication for a day and it was basically this like social experiment to see the effect of negative you know versus positive news um and the yeah the impact on people um yeah. and it, you know for example they included things like how the roads were clear despite heavy snow or um you know things like that sort of trying to yeah have a positive yeah. stance and a perception but the result of the experiment led to the newspaper losing two-thirds of their readership which is yeah just crazy massive. yeah absolutely massive and that was the result of just doing this yeah experiment of having positive stories and that yeah. that shows it all doesn't it really that people yeah. go to the news for these shocking and sort of maybe controversial sort of pieces of news yeah and for me it really made me begin to think why are we attracted to news that is so negative yeah and I personally couldn't find an answer to that like how would you begin to explain that do you think it's just subconscious it's like ingrained in us I yeah I, I 100% agree I think it's ingrained in us that throughout like our whole lives the news has been a place of maybe controversy or um sort of drama or something that's sort of out of the norm you know an event that's not doesn't happen frequently something that out something that's outside of our everyday lives you know and often yeah. those things are negative or they are sad or they are sort of controversial like I said um yeah I think it's just yeah. ingrained in how we perceive the news which is yeah. I think really sad actually you know that we've got so used to perceiving the news as this place of um yeah negativity or sort of controversy like I've, I've said well I read actually that it does actually seem to be an evolutionary instinct which I thought was really interesting and when you think about it it does make sense so for our ancestors to survive they needed to focus on the negative news that surrounded them even if it was you know really bad weather it could be um, an enemy approaching or something like that any bad news posed a threat to them and it becomes a life or death situation and I think that really makes sense when we think of why we are so attracted to negative news. It's almost as if it triggers that fight or flight mode in us. Yeah. Um, you know, as I gave the example before of a terrorist attack that comes on the news, we're going to protect ourselves. We're not going to go to that place. We're going to take extra precautions. And I think it's just, it just triggers that part of us that just wants to protect us. Yeah. No, I 100%, you know, agree. It, it, it's so interesting, I guess, to look back you know, the origins of the news, the origins of discovering what's going on in the world, you know, that dates back to long, long, long time ago, you know? Um, yeah. And I guess we're in this phase of news and I'm sure in like 50 years time, 
the media and the news will be completely different. You know, it's an ever-changing thing. Um, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how it changes, um, you know, in, in as sort of decades go by. Um, I'm just looking again here, there's um, the use of like negative words in, in articles and in titles. Um, the use of words such as bad or worst or never in articles are 30% more effective at catching people's attention. Would you say that that catches your attention? If you're reading a news article and you see those particular words, would that make you click on the article? Yeah, like if I was going through Facebook now and there was an article saying coronavirus was never going to end, I would open that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know why. Yeah. Um, because it just, I think it, it just brings loads of different questions to the front of your mind. Why is that? You know, what's happened? Again, that goes back to evolutionary instinct. You don't need to read loads about positive stuff to know what's going on, but you do about negative stuff yeah. to really grasp the situation. I think it comes from like people's intrigue, doesn't it? If they see, like you yeah. said, a, t- a title of an article, oh, coronavirus is never going to end or the coronavirus situation is bad or something or is the worst it's been, people are going to, they're going to be like intrigued as to like why that is or who's saying it. Like it captures on people's, yeah, intrigue really. And it's crazy to read these statistics, you know, about it. You know, headlines with a negative bias showed a 63% higher result when compared to positive ones. So this is not just a perception that maybe we're having. This is actual statistics which are backing up what we're saying. You know, really high statistics, you know, 63% is is high. And then you've got to put yourself in the shoes of people who work in the media if those statistics are so high they're not going to spend time writing positive news stories because at the end of the day as I said before it's a business it's their career yeah they're going to write what people want to hear and even if it's unconscious we want to hear negative stuff yeah no a hundred percent the fact that I think sometimes I certainly forget that the media is a business so there you know it comes to think of like celebrity magazines for example so much controversy around celebrity magazines, so many untruths, you know, lies that are published, but they do, they, they, they write these articles to get people to buy them because people want to find out the controversial aspects of a celebrity or something that they've done or, you know, people want to read these things and it's a business and these magazines and newspapers are going to keep writing the stuff that people keep clicking on. So if we, as a, you know, the British public keep clicking on the BBC news and all those sorts of things they're going to keep publishing the similar sort of content you know unless we all change the way we use media and use the news nothing will change I don't think yeah and I read this example and really put it into perspective for me is say now you're a reporter and there's a violence breaking out in a favela in Rio de Janeiro for example are you then going to report that as just like maybe a small fight or are you going to say it was a riot as a reporter I know what I would do for my career to bring more people reading um, the article you're going to report it more sensationally you're going to use more words that provoke emotion from the people who are reading it it's gonna you're gonna try and sort of exaggerate the truth aren't you I guess to try and bring people to to that do you think some countries are vulnerable to this more so so if you think Brazil and you think of that you know situation you've just said and you think of a fight happening in somewhere in the UK do you think the media or the news would sort of exaggerate it more so in Brazil than in the UK like do you think 
what country it is has a impact on how the news is is sort of suggested towards it I'd be very surprised if something like that um about the UK made the news particularly in the UK yeah I would be really really surprised and I think lots of other people be as well if this was something on social media say if like BBC posted that on Facebook now I can just imagine the comments would be like why is this news yeah uh, about a country like Brazil Venezuela like countries especially countries I think in the Middle East the reaction to stories like that would be very different and I think they'd be very hostile yeah it it's so interesting isn't it I, I feel I think some countries are sort of more vulnerable to these negative articles um you know more yeah some countries are more vulnerable than others to this sort of negative perception of you know in like I said it could be a fight in Brazil and a fight in the UK but which one is the media going to make out is worse it's going to be in Brazil like we said we'd be surprised if it made the news in the in in the UK if there was a fight in you know name any city you know and I think some countries are definitely more vulnerable to the news and the media, which I think is exactly why we're doing this podcast, isn't it? We're trying to break down the stereotypes, break down the negative perceptions and have honest and open conversations about what we think, you know, what role we think the media has within the industry, you know, well, in, I guess, tourism industry or in yeah. just global news, you know, things like that, because we're so influenced by it. You know, the average person consumes between 10,000 and 20,000 news stories a year. So we're so influenced by it but it's about breaking down what we're reading and actually putting things into perspective. As well, if we consume just 15 minutes of news a day, that equates to one whole working day a week, which is massive, especially when we put that into terms of our whole lives. How many days do we spend reading and consuming the news? And especially when we put it in terms of these statistics as well, of how negative the news is, you've got to really kind of think how that affects our perception of the world and also how it affects our mental health as well if we're reading so many negative things. Yeah, I mean, if I think about like my mental health during the pandemic, it's definitely been negatively impacted by the media and by the news and by what I've read. You know, it's made it really hard at times, like I said earlier, to sort of remain hopeful in what's been a very difficult situation. So um, yeah, sort of the role of mental health is, is so important as well. Um, you know, there's so many impacts of this meat of the media. It's on mental health. It's on people's perception of the world, people's sort of wanting, you know, people who want to travel. Will they change where they want to go because of what they read on the news? You know, in terms of your personal experiences, how do you think the media has had sort of an impact on your view of foreign countries? I would say so, definitely. Um, and particularly before starting my magazine, um, I just realised how much I thought I knew about the world and then how much I actually knew about the world. You know, there's so many people writing for the magazine from so many backgrounds, so many interests, and there's loads of things that they write about and I haven't heard of before. And they email me asking, oh, is it okay if I write about this topic? And the truth is, I've never heard about that topic before, you know. They know a lot about it more than I do. So I say, you know, if you know enough about that topic, write the article on it because you're going to be educating me more than anyone else. And I think that's the danger with the media is it makes you think that you know things, but you actually don't. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And I think from my personal experience of travelling, it has given me such an education onto what I sort of thought about this country before I went. And then I go and then I find out the actual reality and the actual truth. And it's never, ever as bad as you think it is, if that makes sense. 
So I've like maybe read some yeah. things about some of the countries I've been to or heard some of the things and it's never been the case, like the actual truth. And I found that out whilst being there. So actually I think traveling and visiting all these countries gives you such an enriched sort of education about the specific country and all those factors around it. I watch many travel YouTubers and particularly the example that I think of is Pakistan, which has always had a very negative view from the media. And um, a lot of these travel YouTubers, you know, they um, communicate with the locals and they always say how sad they feel that people have such a negative view of their country and how happy they are when they see tourists. And I find yeah. that really sad. Yeah, I mean, I so far it hasn't put me off going to sort of, I guess, specific countries. Um, I mean, there are definitely some countries in mind that at the moment I probably wouldn't go to rightly or wrongly because maybe of what I've read or what's happened and again like we're saying like you know we're exploring the idea of why that is so there are definitely some countries that I probably wouldn't go to now or I'd be hesitant to go to and there definitely have been countries that I've been to that I've been hesitant to go to but once I've been there and explored and spent time there it's changed my perception so I've gone there with incorrect stereotypes about what it's going to be like and through being there and educating myself and speaking to local people and sort of immersing myself in the culture, it's made me realise, as I'm sure all these travel YouTubers that travel to these countries, they realise actually there is a lot of misconceptions about certain countries that I guess people like me and you and travel YouTubers and all these people are trying to, I guess, change. We're trying to change these misconceptions. Um, you know, I certainly had some worries about going to South America you know, more specifically yeah. Brazil, I definitely did have some worries just because of what I'd seen in the news or, you know, in the media. Um, and yes, I mean, I'm sure we'll go into it sort of in, a, in later episodes about this event that happened in Rio, um, quite shocking. But apart from that, yeah. my experience in Brazil was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And, you know, they were so incredibly welcoming, you know, the local people, the culture was fantastic. Everything was fantastic. So, um you know yeah like I said there are probably some countries that I've got sort of things in my head I'm like oh if I go I need to be careful or I need to watch out for this and that but I'm going to really try with the traveling in the future to not let that put me off going because I've proved from my traveling in the past that if I've got you know thoughts about a certain country they're often proved wrong when I'm actually there and I think that's what you know you were mentioning about the travel youtubers they're trying to show the real country the real people the real locals and that's so important yeah and I know for myself sometimes there's lots of countries I'd love to go to but I'm too afraid to tell people I'd love to go to this country because of what their reaction would be I know personally when things have died down I'd love to go to Syria you know it's such a historic place yeah um obviously you know part of it unfortunately I've been destroyed now but it's still that historic place and before it was a tourist hotspot and I'd, I'd love to go there at some point if you know it's safe enough but I feel as if I can't tell people that because well, of what the reaction would be and how they would judge me do you think yeah do you think there is a lot of judgment in the world of media the world of travel you know do you think judgment is a massive fact do you think it's a barrier to people traveling to countries that they want to go to but they're being held back by by perceptions from other people and judgments definitely I had a conversation with my friends um not long ago about interrailing and I said how you can even go to Turkey 
um with it and she told me oh no I, I you know I wouldn't go there if I was you even though she'd never been to Turkey and I asked her and she said the only things that I know about Turkey are from the media and I said oh if I went to Turkey the place that I would go to is Istanbul that's the first place I would go to and the reason that she thought oh no don't go to Turkey is because of what's happening by the Syrian border yeah and I knew at that point I said but what's happened at the Syrian border doesn't happen in the whole country and I looked it up that Istanbul is about 1134 kilometers away from the Syrian border and to put that into perspective London to Paris is 342 kilometers and London to Barcelona is 1140 kilometers and that's just six kilometers more than from Istanbul to the Syrian border and I think when you put that into perspective it's like you know if something bad happened in Barcelona if there was a terrorist attack in Barcelona or something like that or someone was murdered or kidnapped in Barcelona would we lock our doors and never go out of our house again like that would be seen as a bit of an overreaction wouldn't it yeah I mean you hit the nail on the head there perspective is such an important thing within everything that we've been talking about maintaining a perspective is just so important putting things into perspective realizing things for as they are and you're right. Like if, you know, something happened in Barcelona right now, we wouldn't lock our doors and stay in the house and, you know, do all this and that. And that's what it is. You know, Turkey's a massive country, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, perspective is is so, so important. Do you think that's the part that the media miss out? Yeah, 100%. The, the media have a very narrow-minded perspective on a event on a situation on a you know something if something happens a very very narrow perspective and I think what we're trying to do with this podcast is to open up that you know become open-minded become more open-minded ourselves and hopefully encourage people who are listening to become more open-minded as well with their perception of the news and how they sort of take in the news and traveling that they do for example or when they have conversations with family and friends about sort of countries and the news Encouraging that open-mindedness um, is incredibly important, definitely. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember as well that there's only so much the media can do. You know, in every article that they write, they can't put a list at the end of all of the exceptions and everything. You know, they do their job, um, which unfortunately is to provide news that is negative because that's what people want. You know, this isn't about bashing the news. It's about bridging that gap between what the news can and can't do. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And um, I mean, we've we've been watching a few TED talks, haven't we, about about the news and the sort of perspective of the news, um, which I'm sure we can we can link below in, in the podcast. Um, and there's this jelly bean analogy. You know, do you want to sort of yeah. sort of talk to us about this jelly bean analogy? Because it was really interesting to sort of hear, you know, in this TED talk, you know, about this analogy. Yeah. So what this man said, um, which really just resonated with me, was that news um, is to the brain what sugar is to the body. So you can swallow limitless amounts of um, the news because it's a bit like a jelly bean. Obviously, that's full of sugar. But these jelly beans, they don't actually nourish you. They don't like do anything to your body that is positive. If you consume a lot of them, then you consume a lot of sugar, which is obviously very toxic to your body. So news events are just things that are flickering on the world's surface. But what you want to do is you want to understand what drives those events. The stories obviously don't tell you that. They don't nourish you. 
like a jelly bee wouldn't they just give you an illusion of understanding and it was those last three words that really resonated with me and I think that just puts it into a nutshell is that the media gives us this illusion of understanding we think that by reading these articles we know what is going on in those countries like if we read uh, an article about something that's gone on in Russia we would think oh well I know that event just happened in Russia so I know what's going on in Russia today but we actually don't because we don't know what's driven that action we don't know what's behind that event why people did it or anything like that I think I completely agree with you that illusion of understanding is so important to sort of break down like what do we mean by that illusion of understanding you know and I guess like I was saying earlier there are so many countries around the world, aren't there, that we want to sort of break down this sort of misconception, the misconceptions and this sort of illusion of understanding um, and sort of, yeah, I mean, I'll go into sort of some detail about the first country um, in our series of podcasts. So the first country we will be looking at is Brazil um, and we'll be discussing, you know, many topics such as, you know, the favelas, the rich and poor divide, you know, diversity aspects like that while also breaking down the stereotypes and misunderstandings that exist surrounding Brazilian culture and life. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember there is that we are learning the same time as you. And what we want to do is to help you to process your thoughts, to come to opinions that are based on facts and not just facts, but experiences of people. And in situations where we can't tell you the good parts of that particular country or that particular event or something, you know, we want to help you to understand why the bad takes place and break that illusion of understanding. So thank you so much for listening to our first podcast episode. As I've mentioned, Brazil is going to be the first country we're going to be looking at. So look out for future podcast episodes over the next few weeks. But um, yeah, just a massive thank you for listening.